Revenge of the 80s Kids has been rated P for podcast. Revenge of the 80s Kids has been rated P for podcast. Revenge of the 80s Kids has been rated P for podcast. See? There it goes again. It's a real problem. Just look at it. All those flashing red lights and ominous abstract graphics on the scanner screens. Like space is tearing itself apart right underneath us. A time vortex convulsing with the birth pains of total universal Armageddon. But a few well-placed thumps and... There, that's better. Fuss over nothing. Oversensitive thing. Also, uh, some of the buttons tend to get stuck down, and you have to wiggle them. Well, I can see you'd find that annoying, but you already have a workaround. This isn't exactly a crisis-level problem that we normally deal with in a podcast. Wouldn't be having this problem at all if he hadn't spilled his code all over the science console. That would be a non-issue if someone could pilot the ship smoothly. The amount of times you all have to arm flail from one wall to another like it's voyage to the bottom of the sea. Space is frictionless. You should get an award. Ian, what do the regulations say about beverages at your workstation? The galley is two decks down, Captain. It's easy for you. Your command chair's got cup holders. What am I supposed to do when Justin's making a course correction? Uh, Fine, I'll buy you a sippy cup and put some handrails down. Done? Now, do we have any other problems? Not really. Not now we've done our top five films of the noughties and completed the 80s kids' A to Z of cinema. We do have to review our summer predictions. That's post-summer. It's July. Is there anything else to do in the meantime? Um... Oh, come on! We had a huge list of problems to get through when we started. There must be something still to do. Well, looking at the notes, we're very much into the dregs of the stretch goals, really. Slim pickings, I'll be honest. Yeah, just look at this measly collection of topics. TV shows that improve when watched in black and white. Back to the Future the Board Game, a review of this 1985-era cash-in for ages 8 and up. The top 10 card game scenes in 90s cinema. A postmodern reading of the Muppet franchise. Speculation on just how long Sean Bean's characters have to live on the rare occasions he survives to the credits. Paired with a discussion on the career of Wes Craven to pad the episode out. Our personal top three of the worst DVD commentaries. Best car explosions in the Fast and Furious franchise. Continuity improbable. Reconciling the canon of the original Mission Impossible series with the Tom Cruise movies. Which Jaeger are you? A personality quiz based on Pacific Rim. The Jeremy Beadle retrospective. Okay, okay, I get it. Gentlemen, we have a problem. 
We have no problems left. No, Ian. What we need is some lateral thinking. I can't believe we've nothing interesting left to say. We just move outside of our comfort zones, and I'm sure a topic will present itself. You're asking Ian to try something new. The man who finds spin-offs of Star Trek dark and forbidding territory. I'm perfectly content with having seen only 37% of Deep Space Nine, you know. No more bickering, either of you. I see I will need to look elsewhere for the support I need. I detect a strong possibility you're about to come running to me for answers. Again. Well, wife of mine, can you think of any problems? Plenty as it happens, but most pressingly, I'd be worried about the large spatial anomaly dead ahead of the ship. It's a tad concerning. The what and who now? The big blue swirly thing, with lightning shooting out of it. It's been in our viewers for hours. That's a live feed? I thought it was a screensaver. I wouldn't worry. If it was in any way dangerous, my science station would have alerted me by now. Yeah! Great work there, team. I couldn't ask for a better crew. Powering up retro thrusters. Backing us the hell off. Oh! Retro thrusters make you go backwards! That makes sense. I always thought it meant using model shots instead of CGI. And this, Ian, is why I'm the pilot. And you get to play on a science console with 16-bit graphics. Then tell me, Commander Awesome Pants, why aren't we moving away from the blue thing of death? I'm doing my best and flying backwards. You tell me why it seems to be following us, Lieutenant Smugbrains. You're the exposition guru. I was waiting for the captain to turn and ask me what's up. Then I say, scanning, and read things off my screen. It's how they do things on Star Trek. What? We're in unknown crisis, and you're being a Star Trek tropes pedant. Be thankful I have to hold tightly to the joystick right now, Ian. Or I'll be personally sticking your scanner where no man has gone before. Gentlemen, enough. Perhaps, Ian, if you could expedite normal formalities and tell us what it is and why it wants to do whatever it's doing all over our faces and how bad that would be if it does... Maybe, if you have time to throw in a few ideas about how we can make that not happen. Scanning! Thank you! I reckon it's some kind of rip in the fabric of space and time. Yes! Uh, Some kind of wormhole created by vast and powerful forces we can barely comprehend. Yet across the vastness of eternity, they are reaching out to this very point in time. And whatever their motives, I fear it won't be benevolent. And as the wibbly thing is following us no matter where we go, I can only conclude that we are the target of whatever is behind this turn of events. There's only one person who has both the power and enough hatred of us to do this. Big Bang. His military plan failed in his story arc of doom. This is clearly his next deadly move. Perhaps he intends to erase us from time. Or maybe kill us to prevent us from doing something that will threaten him in the future. Well, Ian, what does the scanner say? Well, it's blue. Is that all? 
You've heard the exposition to all the other stuff. I explain wibbly space stuff. It's my one job. How would you guys like it if I flew the ship around like a moron, gave a bunch of distracted orders, then told everyone off for being idiots in the computer voice? Go ahead. I yearn to be free of my duties. Is there any way we can stop it? We have one hope. To fly at maximum speed into the very centre of the maelstrom and remodulate our shields to emit a tachyon wave to collapse the space-time event, even though this will overload our power core of our ship, resulting in a catastrophic explosion destroying us also. But fear not, for as the timeline reshuffles to accommodate the paradox, we will be returned to the beginning of the scene where I was complaining about stuff, only this time things play out sans blue vortex of death and we just fly on, oblivious to this whole of timeline. Really? Actually, I haven't a clue. But it's the kind of counterintuitive solution that normally pops up in these situations. Um, so do you have any counterintuitive answers for the large and somewhat menacing giant metal object that's now popping out of the vortex? Scanning! Likely it's some kind of bay death star, likely weaponized for our total annihilation. And out of hubris, that massive engine of Armageddon will be sculpted to resemble Big Bay's head, complete with giant ruby laser eyes, which even now gaze upon us with seething hate. I suspect Big Bay himself will likely be aboard, keen to personally observe his final victory over the 80s kids. Well, Ian? Wrong on all three counts. Uh, That's a relief. Indeed. There's hope yet. Hang on. I'm getting a communication from the object. I said, listen, Will Smith didn't want to run down the street with his shirt open. I told the studio, I said, I'm done doing robots. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot myself. Passion projects. Like shit. Yeah, it's it's very, very scared. Why am I doing I am Big Bay. Prepare for total eradication. Yes, you see... That isn't a purpose-built death machine, and it isn't sculpted to look like Big Bay, and he isn't aboard, because it is actually Big Bay's real giant head. The guy himself, in person. Shit. Keep it together, guys. We've been in tighter spots than this before. Sue, open a comms link. Maybe we can talk our way out of this. All frequencies open. Big Bay, this is the 80s, kids. We meet at last. Destroy us if you must. Actually, Leo, do you mind if I negotiate instead? No, shush. Destroy us if you must. But first, tell me why. Why, Big Bay, why? Why all the brainwashing? Why the death camps and killer baybots? Oh, sure, you have some twisted scheme to seize control of humanity's culture, nay, its very soul and enslave it to some new hellish reality inside your Matrix nightmare. But why us? Why obsess over us? I mean, even with Transformers 4 being seen as the wretched toilet scrapings covered in CGI and explosions that it is, you are still a multi-millionaire Hollywood director and producer. And we're just three guys and wife with a podcast no one ever really listened to. What did we ever do to you, you bastard? Nothing. Ah, so, and I hate to repeat myself, why? Nothing yet, and indeed I too will conclude 
you of little importance and try and forget about you. But then in time you become a greater threat. To think you unworthy people will destroy my great work. My armies scattered, my fortress destroyed, all my schemes undone, and all because of you useless feeble willed idiots. And so I have traveled back in time to destroy you first and alter history in my own favor. Hold it! But we're safe, aren't we? What about the ship's episodic settings thingy? Even if he kills us, won't everything just reset at the start of the next episode? Even long-running episodic series are vulnerable to an actor's contract being up at the end of a season. This vortex appears to be emulating that somehow. I'm detecting a subspace permadeath field emanating from the anomaly. Anything that dies within its influence stays dead. I'll fly us away from it somehow. I'll be like a leaf on the wind. Oh crap, I didn't just say that, did I? That's one... Permadeath field at 33%. It seems we are now totally enveloped by the permadeath field. We should make every effort not to say things like characters who are about to die in popular media. Because I don't want to go. That's true. Shall we make it a third? Permadeath field at 66%. Leo. It's vital right now you don't say anything portentous, like, this is your last day on the job before retiring, or, you guys go ahead, I'll hold him back, or, hey, check out my Sean Bean impression. So, uh, hang on a moment. You're not the Big Bay who's been hectoring us. You're just like some burnt-out refugee Big Bay from the future come to alter history. Uh, okay. Sorry, kind of back to square one again. So before we undid your plans in some calamitous event we have yet to encounter, why, back in your earlier days, have you been trying to kill or brainwash us for the last two and a half years, if you didn't think we were a credible threat? Because you're without doubt the most infuriating pompous windbag it has ever been my misfortune to encounter. With your dodgy, ill-researched, ill-thought-out stream of consciousness cluttering up the majority of every podcast, that it should be you, of all people, that adduced my master plan fills me with an almost overwhelming nausea. Hating you most of all was easy. Ah, well, okay. Take me, if you must. Uh, Spare my crew, they're innocent. Permadeath field at 80%. Careful, Leo. Don't say anything from a narrative perspective that might get you deaded. Innocent? Are you referring to the fat, lazy, child-minded indolent who walks about in a perpetual cloud of his own fantasy rather than face the grotesque truth of his own wasted potential? Or are you referring to the vegetarian snob who thinks himself some kind of elite cultural savant because he spent his life doodling pathetic cartoons for his wealthy corporate masters to exploit? Well, Mr. Big Bay, you raise some good points. Only now, at the end, do you understand? I do tend to waffle on a bit. 
Guilty as charged. Monkey see. Monkey thinks on it too much. Monkey writes an overly long blog entry about it all. I'll probably have changed my opinion by next week. I'm just like everyone else on the internet. Or anyone else you might meet at the pub. Or in a cafe. Or at a bus stop. Deep thinkers are sadly ten a penny. But my friends, Mr Bay, the people who I care about, the people whom I respect because they're genuine, honest, and each brilliant in their own way, you want to talk shit about these guys, you've got to fight on your hands. Because 80s kids together are stronger than you'll ever be. Prepare to die. Cut communications. That was awesome, Leo. Well done. Uh, I'm genuinely touched you stood up for us. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the one. You have been, and always will be, my friends. Permadeath field now at 100%. Bugger. Never mind that. If we can die, so can he. Prepare for combat. Big Bay, moving to attack position. Powering up defensive force fields. Tactical display, now on main viewer. Big Bay has target locked onto this space graph. Diverting power to the plasma cannons. Proton missiles primed and ready to launch. Big Bay is charging his death lasers. 80s kids on my command, open... Damage report. Weapon systems offline. Massive damage to all sections. On integrity, down to 46%. I think we just took out the ass. One more blast like that, and we'll be as likely to survive as a popular character in Game of Thrones. On a more positive note, you'll never get lost in the corridors again. So many distinctive landmarks about the ship now. Also, our force field is still at 100% integrity. Shame it isn't helping, really. Okay. Less brave, perhaps, but can we run away really fast? Main space drive is half burnt out, and as for the manoeuvring thrusters, well, if you look at the screen, you'll see them spinning in circles away from the ship. Half an engine is better than none. I'm willing to chance running away slower than normal, if, if you guys are. We'll never be able to outrun Big Bay's next salvo of death. Right then. Big Bay is charging his death lasers. Look, everyone, I'm sorry I couldn't be the leader you all wanted. No, Leo. You were the leader we needed. I'm not going out full of regrets. If I am going to die, I just want to tell you guys... This has been one hell of an adventure, and I'm glad I came with you every step of the way. Thank you, Ian. While I'm normally witheringly critical of all your plans, Leo, I want you to know that at the centre of my source code was three words I knew to be forever true. I love you. Now before and into the hereafter, forever will I be yours. I know. I've always known. You were the only operating system I wanted to install and run my life with. Death can separate us, but never part us. Whatever universe we find ourselves in next, I will always be with you. Leo. Yes, Justin, my old friend. Screw this shit! You guys can kick a group hug. I'm going out kicking and screaming like a toddler denied chocolate. Sue, all remaining power to engines. I'm setting controls for ramming speed. 
Wait, no, sorry. I hate to be a pedant, but there's no such thing as ramming speed. There's moving quickly towards something without stopping. That's not a speed. That's just a thing people say to look cool. Ian, come over here and look at this gear control. Very well, let's see here now. Geostationary speed, cruising speed, light speed, warp speed, hyperspeed, mega speed. Oh, ramming speed. You were saying? Well, uh, that's actually a thing. Justin was right. I stand corrected. Big Bay, preparing to fire in three. Come on, you bag of bolts. Faster. Two. I'll be sure to say hello to the back of your head, Big Bay. One. Bubble! We're not dead. Evidently. And we're not moving either. We've impacted into Big Bay's face somewhere. It's hard to tell. The navigation computer's resigned and shut down. Is the main viewer still working? Uh, Get a picture on. Let's see what happened. What is this place? If I didn't know better, I think we're locked in some oddly narrow cave. Wait. What are those things? They're like giant, overly designed metal tonsils. We're in Big Bay's mouth? Well, the back of the ship's protruding from Big Bay's mouth. The front is... well... We're going deep. That's all I'm going to say. Jesus. I'm getting a communication from Big Bay. It's not making a lot of sense. Put it on speaker. (laughs) Well, um... This situation wasn't in the training manual. Uh, suggestions? Uh, I'm going to try reversing. Maybe we can pull back. Not getting much traction. I think we're stuck fast. Uh, maybe we must switch between forward and reverse motion. We can wiggle our way free. It's no good. This isn't getting us anywhere. Cut engines, Justin. Hang on. Are we skull raping Big Bay? Full power, Justin. Keep at it. I think he likes it. Now I feel dirty. Actually, I think he's feeling mirthful about the sudden spike of energy now building in his power core. Looks like he's set his own (laughs) self-destruct. If only he knew. Knew what? Well, our own power core's taken serious damage, and all our cooling systems are offline. We're going to explode first, so joke's on him. We'll explode? As in us? I'm getting out of here. So on, guys. Well, do you see that speed? We'll never catch him up. He's likely off to steal the shuttle and leave us to die. Again. Hang on. I'll download myself into HMS Spinoff and make sure he doesn't leave without any of you guys. But better hurry. See you soon, Sue. Come on, Ian. Time to leave. But I like this ship. I, I really liked it. The wibbly background noises. The happy little chime the doors gave whenever you opened them. We can be all nostalgic about the Endeavour when we're flying away from Big Bay's space grave. Come on. Or do I have to punch you out and drag you? Drag me? 
the stupid trying to get my legs inside the lift door when this thing goes nuclear. Besides, you're the captain. Don't you have certain duties to attend to? Mm, not really planning to go down with the ship as it happens. I'm off for a quick sprint to the hangar bay. Feel free to join me. You're more than welcome. Leo. <clears throat> duties. What? Oh. Oh, yeah. Of course. Hello, crew. This is your captain speaking. Best you all get to the escape pods. Ship's all about to explode and everything. <laughs> Sorry about this. Look. When it all settles down, do please get in touch and I'll see what I can do about mailing out your final checks. One place you can contact us would be our Facebook page, which you can find on Facebook forward slash Revenge of the 80s Kids. No, we're done. Quickly, this way, this emergency elevator will take us straight to the hangar bay. Oh, very swish. After you. Get in. Turn the radio on. Just settle down in the back seat and put your belt on. Sort out the entertainment system in a moment. Anti-grabs, check. Thrusters go, and we're away. Are we clear of the blast zone yet? We've got too much weight. We need to jettison someone. He's lying. Justin. Okay, we're all fine. Setting maximum speed to somewhere safe. Good. Now then, what have I got queued up on the fruit player? Do you remember the episode where Metal Mickey lays down his life and dies to save somebody else? Because they're trapped in a hut. Listen to our podcast? Only when commuting. Shh, and listen. of his internal mechanism. So they dismantle him and he allows him to take the insulin to allow the girl to survive. Wow. What? I know. That stuck with me. A very special Metal Mickey. <laughs> if you've been affected by the issues of tonight's episode of Metal Mickey, bring this toffee number. <laughs> you've owned a robot to lay down your life on. The short queen thing was your funny bit, but it's so To summarise, we raped Michael Bay and then he committed suicide. Yay for the good guys! And the good news is he was slap bang in the centre of the permadeath field when he went. So Big Bay is really, really dead. Like, we just killed him. He's dead. No more sequels. The end. Totally. Well, Big Bay from the future is dead. Big Bay himself is very much present and alive. For the moment, but, you know, we beat him eventually. 
For sure. I'd hate this to all turn out to be an alternative timeline or a fever dream of Ian's or something. By the laws of time, he is now fated to be defeated at our hands, forcing him to travel back into time and die in a large debris field behind us. Sounds needlessly complicated with a lot of hard work ahead of us. I have to agree. All these predestination paradoxes give me a headache. When you've seen as much Voyager as I have, it becomes a kind of intuition. So, where next then? Big Bay headquarters on Earth where we can defeat him with our awesome powers of destiny? Not unless that's local. Fuel is a little on the low side. Looks like someone forgot to fill up last time they took the shuttle out. Head for the planet of the 80s droids. I'm sure they'll lend a hand. Let me just get the star charts out of the glove box. Oh, hello. Please don't close the hatch again. Is that other Justin? Yes, his cube was in the glove box. In the glove box? Oh boy, was I ever in the glove box. I've been stuck in here for weeks. I was worried I'd go strange with loneliness and only my deep friendship with a packet of tissues and our children who resemble lost hard-boiled sweets has kept me firmly planted in reality and able to defend my kingdom from the nasty voices who tell me to cut things. Oh yeah, I was wondering where I'd put you. Good job we didn't get left behind on the ship. Well, all safe now, and we know where you are if we need you. No! Don't close the... I hate quiet car journeys. If we can't have the radio on, can we at least have a conversation? Yeah, let us reflect on how my act of bravery once again vanquished Big Bay. This time forever. Well, something like that. I need to process it all. Big Bay is dead. Indeed, let us celebrate. I'll turn the radio to transmit and we can share our victory with the universe. Hello, everybody. Um, it is as if we've just spent the last half an hour doing some kind of comedy uh, routine or something, but you've all missed it at home. In fact, that is uh, what we've done to warm up for this show. We spent half an well, hour uh, doing our, our comedy thing. It's bamboozling for the live Google Hangout list viewers, uh, but but for the people who've been listening to the archive version, totally normal. Totally normal <laughs> that we should wait 30 minutes until we introduce ourselves. Uh, well, yes, I guess so. Uh, yes, for those of you out there in Hangout land, I'm afraid you're also going to have to listen to the podcast because there is extra material which we cannot do. Well, I suppose we could have done it live, got some piece of paper out, had a, a sort of a, a manual sound effects bank, cowbells and things like that. But we've chosen to, to not do that and instead save nice. it as a little special audio exclusive. Uh, so uh, you you will enjoy that when you hear it. And those people who are listening to the podcast, you will enjoy it then as well. But uh, of course, we are the 80s kids, all of us here today. Not for the last time. For the last time, we're here today doing a live thing as a weekly podcast. Uh, but we will continue to be the 80s kids. So you can all rest assured that. More on that later on. But of course, I am Leo. And joining me tonight is, of course, uh, Ian. Ian, yes, I'm here home. too. Hello, everybody. I'm here again, uh, live from Australia. Uh, our American listeners are, are probably a bit put out because it's about 5.30 in, in the morning a.m. for them. So this yeah, doesn't well, ruin their sleep-ins. 
Well, uh, of course, you live in Australia, Ian, uh, so that's why we, we, we have settled upon this oh, time. Oh, so it's all my fault, is it? It's, it's my yeah, fault that's... with thumbing the American listeners. <laughs> that's, that's basically what I'm saying, yeah. Uh, and from uh, the other side of the country, uh, my country, that is not Australia, Justin! Hello! I'm a little confused um, about my setting, because I've just moved flat, but I'm not currently in my new flat. I'm actually at my parents, so it's all over the place. But anyway, I'm hopefully a bit more focused than my surroundings. I can't remember, and I haven't watched it recently, but I, I'm pretty sure you did the uh, movie summer movie predictions from your parents, so it's something I, people I have seen before. I with podcast, yes. Yes. So, so we've we never actually seen Justin's house flats any, any time. He could be lying no. about having a flat. He's like a fantasist. He doesn't want to feel like a complete failure. <laughs> I'm looking for a new apartment. Oh. <laughs> and then turn the camera on. I just happened to be at my parents this week. It was just a thing. <laughs> the, fact, the fact that I've also brought my washing back makes me feel like I'm a student because my washing machine <laughs> isn't working. So it's like... There you go, Mum. Hi. It's my enormous bag of laundry. So yes, there I'm we go. Fun factoid range. for the last last podcast. Justin's mum does his laundry. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> right, so there we go. I mean, normally she just comes over and does it. But, you know, <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> you're, you're digging a hole, Justin. You're digging a hole. Yes, That's man. All right. So so there we go. Uh, more than you ever wanted to know about the '80s kids. Right there. As it is the last day of term, as it were, I, w- I came across this the other day, and I wasn't looking for it. I'm going to swear. I'm digging my own hole now. I wasn't looking for this, but I happened across a text file. And that text file contained the full draft. We did a, a thing before we did this podcast where we went away. I said, just think of anything. Put it all in text file. Now, I think I've only got my suggestions in here, but I found a massive text file called podcast titles which suggest alternative titles for this that you are listening to uh, right here right now now at one end of the scale we have got some rather mundane ones because it's one of those anything goes things so we've got world of movies movie zone movie Mm. gang uh, and the totally uninspiring in fact quite frightening movie madness but we do have Mm. some others one of the ones that i saw that i thought this could have been awkward if we'd gone with this. Leo and Ian at the movies. And then, <laughs> and then later on, with special guest Justin, all the time. Uh, so yeah, we, we, we didn't go. Yeah, there. it would have been more embarrass- It would have been more more problematic if my name had been in the title, owing to the amount of times I haven't been here. So yeah. we would have uh, worked we, it out. We would have, and maybe Justin, and we'd have been. Yeah. <laughs> And, Sch- and Schrodinger's Justin. He's both on the podcast and not on the podcast at the same time. But we also got uh, uh, Invasion of the Movie Nerds. Uh, this one's rather right. pathetic. Uh, the A to Z of movie nerddom. Which is ah, weird okay. because we did, we did right. an A to Z. It's there. Then we have uh, Return of the Living Movie Nerds. I see. The Popcorn Podcast. Couch Potato Podcast. This one's really weird. Turkey, popcorn, and couch potatoes. <laughs> you were just it's more of a magazine show, sometimes involving poultry. And okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's foul. Sure. Oh dear. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to come up with another title. I've got another title here that suits that movie. Stop. 
Uh, but after that is the, <laughs> I think this one may have got rejected on the grounds of just being a little bit disturbing. Entertainment autopsy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it yeah. sounds like it sounds like a show. Um, well, it sounds like the kind of show not, not to impugn Channel Five in the UK, but it sounds like the kind of thing <laughs> they show round about ten o'clock. It's like, who's died this week? <laughs> they just wheel in some D-list celebrity and crack open the chest. <laughs> I have to say, it wouldn't make a very good. It wouldn't make a very good podcast, but it, it would be, you know, it would be an entertaining show, you know, maybe a, oh, a, a live hangout, live hangout, or live. Uh, then, I, then I went on a bit of a pop culture tip. I went for right, okay, yeah. pop culture surfers. Which when we came to do the live, there we go. Okay. There's no way those guys are surfers. But then, <laughs> then sticking with the '80s vibe, pop culture renegades. Because in the '80s, uh, people were renegades, weren't they? People have stopped being renegades yeah. since the '80s stopped. But back then. They they really did. They uh, relegated out. Yep. Um, you know, particularly Kiefer Sutherland and Lou Diamond Phillips. <laughs> yeah. Then after that, there's this one. I don't think we would ever have gone with this. Revenge of the Eighties Kids. Uh, but we'll uh. move swiftly on from that. Here, here's one that actually might have worked for us. The movie Weirdos. Uh, that, 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 yes. That, <laughs> I can see that. Uh, we can fulfil that title. I'm not quite sure whether Weirdo is is an upgrade from Nerd. I'm not quite sure about that, but um, I think I think it's a smell difference. To be honest with you, right? <laughs> um, then after that, I, I got a bit more imaginate. Uh, I got a bit more imaginative right. uh, with titles like Blinking in the Daylight, Turkey's Tent Poles right. and Tropes, The Imagination Basement. In fact, I went for the imagination basement. Then I went, no, no, let's mention ninjas. I went for movie ninjas. And then I liked those two so much, I combined them into movie ninjas in the imagination basement. (laughs) And I am sure Ian would have loved to have announced that every, every, the start of every, or the end of every episode. Yeah. To be fair, it would have been Easier for him to introduce movie ninjas in the imagination basement than, and this is the last one I'll mention now, contrarian chaps examine motion pictorial content. <laughs> That's obviously a translation well, from the Chinese edition. Well, for that, uh, Leo, you would have to just have your moustache waxed. Yes, yes. And we'd exactly. have to have a grainy, flickering image as if we were like... <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what's over. Vaudeville's over, and no mistake. <laughs> so, yeah, so there we go. So, eventually, out of all those. And then, uh, Ian, you remember a couple of the titles that you well, thought that you quite liked. The one I was very enamoured with, and I think Sue shot down in favour of Revenge of the Apes because she was in on the voting too, was I, I really like glowing rectangles because we were covering film and television and, and video games. So I thought, well, those come at us via glowing rectangles in the dark. And the other one that hung around for ages was Video Juice. So right. there we go. 
I don't quite sure what to make of that one. Mm. No. Yeah. <laughs> we might have got another type of clientele with that one. It sounds a little <laughs> dubious. I it is a bit naked lad, doesn't it? Uh, so there we go. That's it. so you didn't get to see any of those or hear any of those podcasts. You got to hear Revenge of the Eighties Kids. Uh, oh, and actually, our, our little thing rated P for podcast. That was a late entry, but it happens not to be in that text file. Yeah. So there we go. I wonder what was the deal with that because it was like this slogan we say at the beginning of every podcast. It's like, what's what's the gag with it? Especially, I was always like, it's a very odd, a very odd byline because it didn't really say very much about us other than we were a podcast. Yeah, I I I guess so, but it, yeah, I guess it wouldn't have worked as the title of the the show. It's just one of those filmic type things, you know, like uh, rated R for language and nudity and blah blah blah. So you know, it's it's a little gag. Uh, it, it served us well, you know. It's a thing yes. we are rated B for podcast. Uh, so there we go. Uh, that is, uh, so we, you, as I said, you're not listening to any of those, you're listening to us, and I bet you're jolly glad of that. Or maybe you're not. Maybe right now you're like, oh, this show used to be good, and really I'm only tuning in for the finale for old times' sakes. I stopped listening sometime round about the Luke Besson skit. I bet it didn't get any better after that. <laughs> because you may consider that we have, in fact, jumped the shark, and that is what our main ah. topic it's today, shark jumpage, and all that, that goes with it. Here's a weird thing that I'll use to kick off the thing. I tend not to think of series as, as jumping the shark. I, I, don't, I never get to a point. I either watch something or I don't watch something. I never go, oh, the hell with this, and stop watching it. Or this really went downhill after that. There's very few series where I can say, this definitely went downhill after this point. And those ones where I could, I didn't watch them in the first place. So I, I have a bit of a problem with that. Uh, I suppose things that I would pull out as being things that jumped the shark, that I could sort of say, well, there was this point, are Buffy. I think Buffy jumped the shark. Although everybody agrees that it did, people disagree about when it jumped the shark. BSG did jump the shark impressively, in its last episode, and, and so on and so forth. I mean, there's it's very rare well, point, I think. Famously, Happy Days Jump the Shark, being the origin of the expression. Yes. And uh, Red Dwarf definitely jumped the shark. It's now a, yes. a mere shadow of former hilarious glory, no matter how hard they try. And they did try very hard in the last series on Dave to make it as funny as they possibly could be. But wh- why like, am I wearing the red shirt, though? That's a little bit... <laughs> well... <laughs> uh, there's a cave Often jumping the shark involves the departure of a major character. And, well, Justin, short straw. <laughs> so... <laughs> no, but does it... No, but does it? Should we define? Should we define the term properly? Because I, I have a slightly different. So, so um, okay. So, who would like to give us the official definition that, of jumping the shark? A, a, a moment in time after which the television show was just not as good. Yeah, it kind of it kind but of is lost. Is it defined by a particular point, though, a particular thing that's happened? I mean, because Often, because with Happy Days, famously, it was the jumping the shark from what the name comes from sequence where you kind of go, "Oh God, you've done that," and then from that point on, although Happy Days did actually come back in popularity, 
but it suffered in the wake of that 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 uh, that incident. Yeah, I. I so can you often get a point where you go, "They've made a mistake here." This is. I think that I think that's the point of it. That, that's why I said. I mean, you know, some shows go through ups and downs. It's like oh, I didn't really like what they did there. But I think shark jumping is a point at which you as the audience know this show is never going to recover yeah. from X. I mean, uh, one of the most famous ones, the, the term wasn't even familiar, and that was the Dallas thing with the aliens and waking up in the shower. And then people talked no, about that for years afterwards. The, the aliens was from the last episode of Dynasty 2. But yes, oh, the waking Disney. up in the shower... The show oh, well, wasn't yeah, from got, Dynasty, that was from Dallas. Well, there's, there's two things, there's two shows, but so the, but I, I, this is how much I paid attention to the time, I just assumed that would be, wow, okay, yes, I remember, that's yeah, right, there were American sitcoms about rich but, people. But the, oh, everything's before. a dream in Dallas, everything's a dream, you know, basically, uh, we kind of cocked up on killing characters off and everything else, I guess was the point where you go, um, yeah. I mean, not that I would have watched Dallas avidly, but I, even then I, w- I went, wow, that's pretty stupid. And if you uh, would yes, have done, was, uh, that's a pretty insulting to the audience to go, um, just forget that last season or two. That didn't really happen. <laughs> Bobby Ewing was killed off in a hit and run at the end of one season. And then, that's right. of course, he, uh, it was felt like kind of a mistake in retrospect. So of all the methods they could have used, I mean, it's a, it's a soap opera for far-fetched plot lines. They could have had he faked his death because he had to go on a secret mission. That would have been better than, than I think what we that got. anything... One of my pet hates with any kind of film or TV is when you just tell the audience what they've been watching isn't real or is somehow people have gone back in time and that doesn't count or like that. You wake up in a shower and, and it's a dream. I think you, because basically it means that the rest of your, the, your time up to that point is a complete, you might as well have been doing something else because it really has no relevance on any of the characters and their actions. My recent grief of this was with the Arabian Nights thing with Jake Gyllenhaal. You know, based on the video Persia. game. Prince, Prince of Persia. Persia, thank you. That's, I mean, okay, spoilers, but you've got time to see this film now anyway. But you watch the film... And then basically it resets, like, almost right back to the beginning, at the end, of which all the characters and all their relationships now mean nothing because, even like the love interest, because all of that has been developed in the two hours you've been watching this bloody film. That is like, oh, okay, so, right, fine, I might as well just have seen, like, the first 20 minutes and then not bothered because, and then and saw the very end because nothing makes it, nothing has any consequence. Sorry, get out of my chest. That's something I really don't <laughs> no, no, like. No, 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 it's, it's a podcast made for ranting about stuff. I've got a few lined up that's, myself. Really, I just, yeah, that's what gets me mad with stuff. Ian, what's, what have you got lined up? Come on. Let's... Well, no, no. I'm all, I'm all. <laughs> really, uh, I think Jumping the Shark, yes, it's a nice little internet meme, but it's also problematic as well. Uh, as if you're in fandom, pretty much you can guarantee any episode that isn't quite as popular or perhaps had a bit of an outrageous idea or a bit of a t- plot twist in it or a moment of silliness that is extended, perhaps too long than it should be, automatically becomes, oh, it's Jump the Shark. The number of times I've read, oh, this week Doctor Who jumped the shark. Is that by now we should have, like, an entire ocean of sharks has been cleared by Doctor Who, as far as I can tell. So it's... Uh, jumping the shark, because the whole thing about Happy Days, that was Happy Days' lowest moment. At the time you watched that, you would have just gone, that wasn't a very good episode, that was a bit silly, that kind of 
pop the bubble a bit there, I think, maybe. But he would have been back next week, and hopefully okay, and indeed it did recover. It was only in retrospect someone said, oh, that's where Jump Shark was never as good as after that. So it's a retrospective thing, but people are always keen to find it as they go. And, and you know, worst episode ever uh, factor. It's become a rallying call for, for the geek on the internet who's just there to be... About stuff, uh, and so I think it's it's kind of become a, a problem. <laughs> I think you can only only really say a jump in the shark as an autopsy moment. Really, once a series is over, and you can, you can look at the, yes. the high points and low points of a series and go, well, this is the peak. And obviously, it tells after that. It's not really fair to say a show has a peak and then tells off and go, well, this is a jump in the shark moment. The jump in the shark moment implies a structural fault. It's where the thing got broke and then slowly died. I think the intention of it is to say, this is the thing where if the writers think this is what people want to see in an episode, it signals that those writers have no more ideas left to give. They've got nothing left for this this show with these characters. And so the show limps on through the, you know, the barrel scrapings of of what is left of mm. what used to be a good idea. That's what, that's, I think that's what it is. It's, it's like, just kill it now. You've done this. You've got to realise well, that's the end. As is as often, often the way, back in the day when series didn't have series finales, they just had serieses, when there's new new one every year, then they stop. You know, typically, the last series of a show was kind of their weakest because the production team was getting tired or had changed or the star had disappeared or the budget was getting lower or whatever it was. Your last series didn't tend to be very good. And so you didn't get a new one. But then people can look back and go, ah, oh, that, that, that last, that was jumping the shark, that last series. They're, oh, it's just all rubbish after that. You know, it's, it's, it's a very mean, negative observation that doesn't help particularly, I think, is my, my principal objection to, to the whole theme of this, yeah, what this episode's about. Uh, yeah, you said earlier, Ian, that sometimes shows are accused of jumping the shark because of the departure of a cast member. I can't think of one of those. Uh, can you think of one of those? Your Red Dwarf. Or Justin, when... in fact. Well, yeah, yeah, I suppose, yeah, Red Dwarf, where um, Chris Barry left. And Chris Chansky joined the cast, even though I don't blame her. It was pretty, was pretty like, oh, that's pretty much it. That's what I thought, that's yeah. what I thought when watching that. Series I 7 was, was, a bad, was a bad year. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, you know, when the, when the cast don't have faith in the property, that's when you tend, unless they're replaced by someone equally good... Well, it's generally a bad sign of things are kind of descending into kind of a bad territory. Uh, look, looking, looking at Stargate, would you say the departure of Dean Anderson was a sharp junk, jumping moment for Stargate? No, actually, well, it depends what you mean, because only if uh, what was on the other side of the shark was uh, a more awesome, different atmosphere to Stargate. There is an argument to be made, and I am kind of on board with this, that when Richard Dean Anderson left, Stargate was not really Stargate anymore, and they really didn't help that with the addition of Ben Browder and Claudia Black, who were a partnership on Farscape, and Mm. the fact that in order to sort of entice Ben Browder to bring his Fargate muscle to Stargate, they went, well, you could have a bit more creative control because those last two seasons of Stargate definitely have more character interactions between the main team. That they ha- Suddenly, the team has far more friction. When it was Richard Dean Anderson, 
a member of the team could go a bit off, but sometimes they were controlled by aliens, and sometimes it was because uh, Teal'c was a Jafar and had to do a Jafar thing, but it was never really, like, you wouldn't have the whole team falling out with each other unless there was some weird thing happening. But then in the last two seasons, I mean, the first episode of season nine is Ben Browder going round to many of the old cast members going, hey, you want to get the old team back together? Let's go, go team, like that. And I'm going, not really that bothered, to be honest. It's kind of something I've done. And and it's that kind of idea where everyone can be at odds with everyone else that is far more characteristic of Farscape. So in a way, it was almost like a different show. But it didn't get worse because of that. In fact, some people, I think, would argue it got better because of that. So it's a bit contentious, that one. I mean, like I say, everyone agrees, I think, that Buffy jumped the shark. But the weird thing about that is that people disagree as to when it happened. Possible shark jumping moments for Buffy were the end of season three, e.g. when she went to university, then it didn't really have anything to do. But then another shark jumping moment is season five, episode one, with the introduction of Dawn. People didn't like that. And then there's the end of season six, the whole crayons thing, defeating the end of season bad guy by whining at them. That wasn't seen as a good move. People agreed that the show had a point where it had done as much as it could do and it couldn't really go much further, but they disagree with when that happened, which is kind mm-hmm. of odd. And does anybody else have an opinion on when, when Buffy jumped the shark? Or indeed if it did? I was always under the impression that it rallied a bit in its last series. Uh, well, it, it did rally a bit, but that's way, <coughs> the way people put it. They go, well, they try and go back to school and they try and make it a, you know, a little bit different and they try and cheer it up a bit, but mm, no. You know, they, they say it's not the glory days, which indeed it wasn't. So that is one of the clearest signals. Everybody in season six and seven Although they kind of made a sprint for the end, they looked a little bit tired by the end of it. They were like, when did oh, they introduce that? Get... So when did they introduce that kind of army thing, that secret underground base thing with the experimentations? That was season no, that... four. Oh, okay, all right. I didn't think that quite fitted the Buffyverse, the kind of science thing, personally. The initiative. Initiative. That's right. It just jarred with it a bit because up to that point, it's kind of supernatural creature of the week, and it. Yeah, I mean, I know mad science has its place, but I didn't quite fit it, think it worked, personally. I'm just looking at TV tropes, because if you want some examples of jumping shark, there's no better place to go to. I've been looking through the examples on, on TV, and to be honest, there's not a lot jumping out, but they have quite a long article about when people say jumping sharks might happen. And here's cast changes is one of them. Uh, the addition of Scrappy-Doo to your Scooby-Doo team is a <laughs> jumping the shark moment. <laughs> For example, nice. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of it's. I, uh, like I said, I do feel it's just kind of a moan. It's dissatisfaction. Too many bottle episodes. Oh yes, resolving your sexual tension. See moonlighting kills oh, the yes, show. Oh yes, of course. New Avengers of Superman. Resolving or get them married. Suddenly, no one's interested in watching anymore. Things like that. Other. Uh, Things too many spin-offs or sequels also can dilute your primary show. It's very rare for a show to actually hit that point where it's definitely beyond hope, because I think that the television companies and production companies have kind of got to a point where they know the kinds of things to do to refresh 
like to give a, ch- a show a chance of being refreshed. Uh, Supernatural, for example, had five seasons planned out by Eric Kripke. And then when it got to the end of that five seasons and they wanted to season six, he went, well, I'll leave then. And he did. Right. And, and some people say that, oh, well, I still didn't bother to watch it, which is a great shame. The season with the Leviathans in it is fantastic. A show can go up and down in quality, but that's not really the point. Mm. The point of a true shark jump is that at that point, everything before the shark jump can has the potential to be great, and everything after it is like, that's never going to work out. And and there are still people who do stuff like, I mean, you know, if a show was going to jump the shark, that show would be Lost. But uh, people were <laughs> yes. right with Lost. People were with Lost right up until the last 20 minutes. And then much the same as BSG. And then they kind of went, oh, no, really? This is this is what's happening? Oh, no. No, 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 no. You can actually keep people going right up to the end. And then in those last few... That would have been quite a good ending to Lost, actually. if Because they, they were by the sea. There was a docks area. If they'd all been summoned to the docks. And there had been Terry O'Quinn on jumping over sharks. <laughs> This is the answer to the island mystery. Everybody, I think, would have been happy. <laughs> Killer fish. Uh, actually, looking through TV tropes, most of the examples they have here are, are shows that have deliberately invoked the shark. Uh, Supernatural did it three times, I think, apparently. X-Files has invoked uh, a shark jumping gag as well when it killed off the lone gunman. Things like that. So it's it, it's something everyone's terribly aware of. That could have been our that that's the thing. Did we jump the shark? <laughs> and if we jumped the shark, when did we jump the shark? Ian, when did Revenge of the Eighties Kids jump the shark? In your opinion? Well, that thirty minute <laughs> sketch just before the start of this episode was a was a bit of a <laughs> bit of a moment. <laughs> uh, when did we jump the shark? You know, if I can be personal for a moment. Uh, I think there was definitely, on my own personal part, a sense that after Christmas, I, I, I was like a balloon with the air was slowly going out of me. There was various issues going on at the, t- at the time. Uh, the Christmas episode took a long time to do. Uh, and then coming into the new year, I think got, it was our hundredth. I think our hundredth was definitely a jumping the shark moment because we sort of celebrated our show and then we carried on. And for me, that did bizarre things to my head because I immediately after that became exhausted with the schedule straight away. It was almost like I was struggling just to get to the 100th. And once I got there, I was like, oh, no, I've got 15 more shows to go. How can I do this? I work every day on this podcast. I'm going mad. The turnaround is too much. And I, I did send to you the, the two a, written in the 2 a.m. in the morning email going, I can't do this anymore, Leo. I can't do my heart's not in this anymore. Uh, and it was, I had to go off for a long drive in my car to cool down and get my get my brains back going, no, it's just a moment in time, it'll pass, and then we're free to, I don't know, do other things on our Saturday, like eat ice cream or something. Um, uh, I should I should say, uh, before the show, I did ask you, I said, because you finished, you know, everything is was done about a, a week ago, uh, maybe, a <laughs> week and a half yeah. ago, and all we had to do is, is put out the shows that we'd recorded, and of course, come here to do this right now. Uh, and I said to you, what have you been doing with your free time, and how did you answer me here? 
I, well, I said, well, I said, I had to do the cover for this week's show, because that's been done in advance, and I said, oh, and then I did a bit of editing, and I put together a compilation of all our, all our Star Trek conversations into one handy podcast. <laughs> and, and, I, and I was a bit like, okay, so you, you've been freed from the burden of editing us whiffling on about things, <laughs> and the first thing you do is go, oh, I haven't got any fresh whiffling, I'll just go back to the old whiffling and recut that. Um, well, so, uh, I had been away from audacity for almost a week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Justin well, no, for you, when did the show jump the shark well once upon a time there were just two lovely presenters and then someone thought it would be a great idea to have someone else <laughs> uh, well, no, actually Ian you're, you're on TV tropes while Justin is considering that question for real there's a reverse of um, uh, jumping the shark isn't there at which there's Sorry a point at which Growing the beard. Oh, as a reference to Next Gen, isn't it? <laughs> yes. That's, well, uh, there we go. Obviously, our show only got better towards the end, because I have, in fact... <laughs> really? I thought that was just Mirror Universe, Leo. Yes. I, well, unfortunately, because the cat left, I was going to be Bond villain, evil twin, all of that, but we, we the cat decided she didn't want to be... She wasn't happy with the audience, so she, she left. But yeah, so there we go. Well, we got straight there. Growing the beard. So yes, I would say, Justin, that in 1980, with the invocation of Hawk the Slayer, the Revenge of the Eighty Kids grew its beard. Although Ian has his own <laughs> thought about that. But uh, yeah, so uh, so do you think you think we've managed to go the whole run without ever jumping the shark? Uh, well, I mean, just about. I think we possibly have just got to the end of. With, with where it could have done, because we might have gone into some dangerous territory. If we were carrying on, what might we have done? We might have done a Shia LaBeouf retrospective. <laughs> <laughs> that's, no, that's a mirror universe. It would have been a Shia LaBeouf exorcism, I think, is what it would have been. <laughs> uh, you've just given me an idea for the, the mirror universe evil twin podcast to this, one which all is right. entirely devoted to the works of Michael Bay and Sheila Buff. <laughs> just, that's all they do every week. The Michael Bay, Sheila Buff uh, duplex celebration podcast. I, I think that this may well come out in another format. That, uh, the, the, our twin our twin universe, I think that's <laughs> that's some subject that we may just explore in some, some other time. Interestingly, <laughs> interestingly, Interestingly, to go back, therefore, to Jumping the Shark, one of the famous ones was um, people often remarked that Quantum Leap had had it when they introduced the evil Leaper. Oh, because yes. they were like, oh, you're doing that? What's the, was this having other Quantum Leapers and they're evil? Oh, that's just rubbish. You've obviously run out of ideas. I'm not sure whether that's true or not, or whether they'd run out of ideas long before that. <gasps> burn but uh, yeah there we go so yes so it, it is definitely a signal that if we're talking about evil twin versions of us then that's probably a signal we should we're good to be calling it a day at this stage really i yeah i don't think that we jumped the shark because uh, no. okay to put that on a sort of less smug basis we've got to have standards to start before we can jump the shark you know Leah. And that, that was kind of where I was going. <laughs> quite low down. We, like can't, the, we can't jump, the, it's not physically possible for us to jump the shark because we're, we're, be, we're, we're just about above the seabed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that. Say, what I'm saying is, we don't jump the shark, 
We circle the starfish. <laughs> <laughs> no, all I was going to say was we started this as a bit of a laugh to just have something to do. Oh, and over time, we've just kind of got more and more into it and therefore developed. I think, and then we got, I got think you would know. I think you would know as you were doing it that you were just doing it and going through the motions. Like, oh, it's never actually, personally, never been like a great chore going, oh, my God, I've got to talk about this, that, and the other. If it had been like that, I would have, I guess you would have get the sense that there'd been a hate day and now we were just, oh, we've just got to get the, these films, bloody films finished off. We've just got to do this, that, and the other. And it isn't like that. So I suppose we haven't got to that stage, for me. No, anyway. I mean, that was kind of part of the point of doing the, the, the finishing at 2009 and not going beyond. First of all, we're only in 2015, so the next decade, it's a bit hard to finish off at this stage. What with, yeah. you know, four years of it not <laughs> having happened yet and all that, you know, little things. Um, but the other thing was that, um, for to my mind, it's like... When we began, it was like, the 80s are great, 90s are rubbish, everything comes back in the 2000s. And that's not what happened in the end. No. Um, and so, for me, because it, it did go to a point where it was like, in the 90s that we were sort of scraping around, and like, oh, well, I suppose this one was okay, and that one was okay. Oh, and then, for me in the 2000s, I got to a point where I was like, yeah, I'm back on the horse now, everything's great, I'm going to the cinema all the time, I absolutely love my uh, cinema visits and what have you. And, uh, this is absolutely fantastic. Not quite like, so much the same for you, eh, Ian? Uh, no, well, uh, less memories of the 2000 and cinema visits. But what, what is for me, what really drove home the kind of, oh my goodness, are we still doing this? Was actually because we, we do, we put up a Podomatic episode, we put up a write-up as well. Now, I've more or less resigned from doing write-ups because my brain's just turned to goo. But for the 90s, and my goodness, finding things to say about some of these years, it was like, yes, it's 1996, what do you want me to say? It's, it's these films, jeez. Uh, <laughs> you watch, we're entertaining about it. Well, you know? I mean, the, th the thing about it is, what I found was, when I came to do the archive, I've tagged the year shows with the films that came out that year. So if someone is surfing around the internet looking for someone who's talking about such and such a movie that we talk about in the podcast, they might find the archive. But the thing about it was, some years you went, oh, it was a year some films happened. And I was like, oh, God. And then I had to go and look up what films were in that year because you didn't even mention what film. I was like, I can't remember what we talked about. I'd have to go back and listen to the show. It was just a bit like, so just listing the shows is actually pretty good from a, uh, a search engine optimization point of view. That's uh, what I'm saying. <laughs> Thank you for that, answer, Leo. In no way alleviates the pain I have to go through. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on which subject, uh, just so that you know, as you remember, uh, back at the beginning of the podcast, I used to mention this, uh, uh, and recently revived is the Tales from Bridgetown blog, which I did in 2013. And to date, that has roughly 4,500 views. And that's been running Ooh. since January 1st, well, January 7th-ish, 2013, right? The archive went up after the 100th show. So that's about three, four months. It has had 1,000 views. Thank you very much. Yeah. So... Yeah, we've done, we've done, we're doing good traffic on the archive, yeah, cool. uh, archive site. People are, are finding us. Uh, that is one of the yes. things I would say. We never really made an effort to get people to find the 80s kids. And 
recently having tried to promote something, I've discovered that it's really easy to lose. I, I, I've got this picture in my head that in years to come, people are going to say, hey, that was a really cool podcast that you're, I'm listening to now. It's like, where were you at the time? Didn't know it existed. All right, okay, mm-hmm. fair enough. The great thing is, though, you can watch It's not like we're talking about current events, not that current events. So all of that stuff is just an examination of, you know, it's nostalgia. So you can quite easily watch this in the part, in the future. Or listen to it, I should say. Yeah, uh, there is a bit of a donut hole in our film commentary. Because if you listen to the entire run, anything from uh, the time that we started onwards, there's news about. So you know our opinions of films that came out from 2013-ish until now. And you yeah. know, obviously, what we thought about films up until about 2009. But then from 2010 till 2013, there's this gap where we only mention films in passing because they're not part of year shows and they're not part of news. So yeah. our, our opinions on things like Iron Man 2 will forever be a mystery. Well, unless we do, you know, specials in the in the future that kind of compile maybe a Marvel. Ah, well, you see now, that that's very nicely segued, Justin, uh, because it is probably time that we should discuss uh, the future for the yes. 80s kids. Uh, because, of course, those people who have been following the podcast, of which there are a few, may be concerned. We are. This is, you know, once this is over and, and done with, the Revenge of the 80s Kids is a, as a weekly window into the, the world of movies and TV and all of that kind of stuff. It's it's done. We we are sticking a fork in it. But are the 80s kids going away forever? Oh, no, they're not. Why? Why? What are we doing, Ian? Tell us what we're doing. <laughs> are we growing beards? Uh, no, we're we're going to be going on to doing other other audio projects. Well, for a start, there's kind of a, a spin-off of this podcast occurring uh, involving the, shall we say, skit versions of us, uh, which will be uh, our continuing adventures. That's definitely one thing that's happening, and we're going to be doing a kind of weird mini-series, which kind of includes the best of our most recent skits and incorporates them into an ongoing storyline, which leads into the series proper we'll be doing as well about the further adventures of the Aether Kids from those skits, what we did. That's kind of the big thing we're doing, isn't it? That's the Yeah, I, I think... Well, no, that, I think Rather than being the big thing that we're doing, I think that's the thing that we know what we're doing, really. We know that. Uh, for a start, the, the 80s Kids, the miniseries, which is an attempt to tie together many of the skits. Because uh, I think to someone who's been listening at home, at one point our skits were all like, and then we drop into a thing that's about what the show is about, and we do that for like four or five minutes, and then we get on with the show. And that was it. So they kind of got used to listening to, oh, there's no continuity this week. They're fighting ninjas outside a car because it's a Luke Besson retrospective. And this week they're on the Titanic because they've time traveled there because it's uh, 1990, whatever it was, when Titanic came out um, and so on and so forth. Uh, but then over time, we kind of started to pick up a continuity. And then I think there is a possibility that people will have got four or five bits into the continuity for that. Hang on, there's a continuity here. I can't be bothered to go back and listen to their old shows. I'm just going to treat it as if it isn't. The other thing is that towards the end, when we'd worked out what the continuity was, with the old skits, I've kind of tried to stitch those skits together 
using extra bits of dialogue and extra scenes. But towards the end, what I've done is cut bits out of an ongoing continuity to make it more like the rest of the show where everything has no context. So hopefully the experience of listening to the 80s kids, the miniseries, you'll get some bits where you'll go, yeah, I remember this skit. And then there'll be other bits where you go, oh, right. Okay. So that joins up to that. And then this goes, oh, right. I understand it now. So I hope that's what's going to happen. And then following on from that, the miniseries, the 80s Kids the miniseries is very much like Battlestar Galactica the miniseries in that it will set up how we're going to go forward into the 80s Kids series. But that's not all the 80s Kids have to offer in the future, is it, Ian? Why don't you tell us about some of the other ideas that have been floating around? Well, I don't think we want to discuss our nude calendar just yet, Leo. <laughs> <laughs> you mean, uh, yeah. We, we will need... Vastly sized bums. Let me point out that we had f- seven viewers and now we've got zero. Just by you mentioning oh. that, so I don't think that's going to be. A good <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm not telling you how many viewers there are or how many left when you said nude calendar, um, or yeah. indeed when the viewership went up. Let's uh, well, let's well, just gloss well. over this. Yeah, <laughs> quickly. Yeah, let's begin the podcast again. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to the final episode of Revenge of the Ace Kids. Let me tell you what's coming up. Uh, well, for a start, I have been for a long time saying I want, I want to do a serial. I want to do a supernatural serial. And uh, that's something I – just as kind of a proof of concept because we, it's, we've been doing fun skits where we're in space and we're fighting aliens and, you know, doing horror pastiches and things like that. And, and that's kind of spoofy. So that's all fun and games, but I really wanted to go like, no, serious face on, guys. Let's do some proper drama with escalating tension uh, oh. with a supernatural. All right. Well, okay. you know, <laughs> sorry. No, 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 you don't have to be sorry. That's a definite point. One of the things that has kind of snuck up on us while we've been doing this is that uh, after the first couple of skits where we just would shove some silly music and a couple of sound effects on, uh, over time, it's become increasingly more sophisticated. Like our audio production muscle has become more. And so, yeah, okay, so it's cool. You know, the 80s kids are going to become a dramatic entity with the odd, you know, hark back. Rather than it being um, a non-fiction, as it were, show with some fictional bits tacked onto it, it'll become a fiction show. And occasionally we'll do like a non-fiction episode, like, of course, our obligatory roundup of the summer and anything else that comes up, probably through the medium of live hangouts and stuff. And because of the escalating production standards, it seems a shame not to use them for other things. So, yeah, we, we yeah. just wanted to diversify well, yeah. become, in a way, the 80s kids' theatre. Um, so there we are. I'm not sure that's the name we're going to have. We should choose no. something else. <laughs> I didn't say that was. Pickle the pickle names again. Uh, ninjas. There we are. Audio ninjas. There we go. <laughs> Audio ninja renegades the in the nin- basement of imagination. Renegade repertoire. <laughs> oh. oh dear, yes. Uh, we can work on it. We, we, yeah, it, it's a work in progress. That's probably going to be our new catchphrase. But it was, um, it was, it was other Justin actually, um, Justin Park. I he, said never mention that name again. <laughs> <laughs> It was the friendlier, <laughs> more popular of the two Justins we work with. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's it. 
<laughs> That's it. We've jumped the shark. <laughs> so I was. We have jumped the shark. Can you see this? Oh, oh. Let's put it on the main camera so everyone. That's us jumping the shark. Here we go. Hey, we've jumped the shark. We are in fact. In, in uh, pictorial form, jumping the shark. Anyway, sorry, Ian, you were saying about... Uh, I was talking to the less, less involved, more aloof Justin, who sometimes rarely appears in this podcast. And he was like, hey, we, we, let's collaborate together and, and do a horror audio series. And I was like, why have I never thought about doing an audio drama before? I have all the tools here. And, you know, I seem to have at least a nucleus of a, of a cast that we can build out from to do this stuff with. Why aren't I doing this as a creative outlet? Because all we like, I've got to find a creative outlet. Maybe I should go back to trying to write books again or something. But I like, ah, I could do an, we could do audio stuff and stick it out on net and put it up on YouTube and monetize it and get fans and get people writing to us and like people saying, I can't wait for the next episode. What a cliffhanger. Uh, and really, basically, I just want to tell, want people on the internet to tell me how tall and amazing I am, really. Um, so that's what <laughs> got me thinking. I mean, other Justin's always busy writing other books, so we're always, we're always tabling our conversation about a horror series for later. But in the meantime, I was like, how about let's go do a supernatural series on my own or something in the meantime until we get our ducks in a row. Mm-hmm. So things. Do you have any ideas, Justin, at all? <laughs> oh, now you're talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm going to need a um, cover, aren't I? I'm a little scared, right? Because, you know, I'm happy to do some jokey stuff, but serious? <clears throat> I might have to, uh, you know, speak to my agent about that and... Uh, <laughs> oh, just uh, brush seri- up on your thespian. Serious projects. <laughs> serious projects need comedy. I'm sure it'll be fine. So, so, you know, that's fine. That's good, yes. There'll be the, the, the village idiots wheel on every, uh, every week. But no, I, I think it'll be good. Sounds interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, I think yeah. that it's, it's definitely a thing where uh, we enjoy doing the um, product, the skits. And one of the interesting things about it is that it's actually less production time. And I think that's one of the places where it really takes its toll doing the non-fiction show is that the, the sort of meeting up to actually produce something and then going through just us talking for many hours <coughs> is is quite taxing. Uh, now, doing the skit is also taxing, but we're in a position where we're doing that kind of play production and doing the tidying up the other audio and cutting out all the irrelevant bits as well. So now we're going to you know, scale it back to just produce the, the really the really interesting stuff. I think that's what we're, we're sort of doing. Well, considering we're doing this as a weekly show, we are making very long podcasts as a weekly show. And also a kind of quality check that I put on when I took over the editing, I think around episode 26 or 36, I can't remember quite where I started exactly. I mean, before before then, I think we just kind of top and tailed it with the, with the, with the, with the title music. And unless there was some specific thing we knew we had to take out in the middle because someone got a phone call or something, it, it, it just kind of went out as well. But as I went, then I trimmed out all the ums, ahs, the you knows, and the meanderings and conversations. You'll be surprised how much of it that, that there is. I'll I cut a good 10 minutes out of every show in ums. And uh, I think it really did tight garden the audio down to a very neat package. But considering that like, it's, it's it's a week turnaround, or rather a five-day turnaround on every podcast, that was very crippling this year. Uh, and so I think if, you know, if we were just doing like a, a very strict hour-long discussion podcast about something, it might be a different proposition with the fact that we always did like an hour and 40 to an hour 30 kind of a, a show Every week, 
uh, not missing a sing even even at Christmas time. It may be a shorter show, but it's thirty minutes of solid audio drama. So it was uh, it was always you know it was always a very big kind of geez. There, there is no holiday from this. It's just kind of what's the what's that? Who's the mythological character who's pushing a boulder up a hill all the time? It's a little bit like that. Well, that was um, that was what they got Deedless to do for being cheeky in Keep Greek Mythology. There we, go. we shall be Deedless Audio. There you go, sorted. Uh, I, 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 unfortunately, I think that uh, there are many Deedless presses and things like that. But as well as which, we're trying to get away from that rolling a rock up a hill kind of atmosphere. Yes, well, because we don't, because we now we're going to be doing focused projects. Um, Essentially, our deadline is going to be well, when we can get it out. We may go provisionally. Well, it'd be nice to get this done by such and such date. But if we don't make that date, somebody has to know about it. You know, the only clue would be the ominous silence on our website, which has failed to produce any new material for some time. You know. So there we go. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's a, unless there is any other business, we've moved into the any other business phase of this broadcast. <coughs> uh, is there, in fact, gentlemen? Any other business, e.g. chatting or questions? Well, I think we should, you know, uh, have a moment just to say, thanks, guys. It's something I've really enjoyed doing. I have moaned about it endlessly this last few months, I know. I'm sorry for that. But it's something I'm very proud that I've done, and I don't think I can quite process the fact that this is kind of the end of the weekly grind. And uh, this living monster that I've been living with is kind of coming to an end, and everyone's kind of been here throughout, uh, more or less, some weeks <laughs> not in some cases, but mostly you have been, and uh, it is definitely a segment of my life. Uh, well, you can say that about most things, really, can't you? But um, I think it's going to take me a while to process this as coming to an end, and I think I will look back on this with enormous fondness and uh, a, a desperate yearning to want to go back and do it all again properly. Well, I, I think, yeah, I think there's definitely a, an idea of which one of my bugbears is things that don't end, that just kind of stop. One week is there, next week is it's over. Uh, one of the things I kind of like about, I suppose since the hundreds, but we'd already planned this before then, but I have noticed we we keep referring to, and of course the end is coming, and that's kind of nice because it says, well, here was the beginning, then we run through the middle in which we thought it was never going to end. And then towards the end, all the signs of the sort of the end started to come up and then it ended and then we're done. So we've, you know, taken the plane off, flown the plane, and now we've brought the plane into land. The temperature outside is 13 degrees centigrade and the local time is around about 11.30. Thank you for flying Air 80s, kids. We appreciate you have a choice in media-based podcasts. Um, so, yeah, no, I, so I think that the fact that at some points it was like a chore, definitely, is a good thing, because nothing worth doing should be like, ha-ha, we're laughing all the way. This is an achievement that we have made here, and we should all be very proud of that. We set out to do something. In the second or third show, we said, we're going to do this, and we did it, and we also crammed in the alphabet while we were about it, and all of the other stuff that we did. And this is a, a thing of which should be, and indeed is and has been, a cause for celebration. It's been a hell of a ride. And honestly, I don't think we would have thought of doing audio dramas at all without doing this first, because it would have been something, we, huh, well, why would we do that? So, yeah, that's what I, I think. Last, Justin. Your, it's um, your well, turn for the, the... Yeah. <laughs> I, I would 
like to uh, for a thanks to you two guys really because for involving me all in this madness. And to be honest, in my involvement in this is you know um, is to turn up, have a bit of a laugh. Obviously, sometimes do a bit of homework, but it's nothing compared to what you have to do to put this together. So, um, and particularly you know Ian's editing kind of uh, commitments is fantastic. But every kind of fantastic. So I've I, I really enjoy doing this, and I'm I am I never thought I'd be doing like audio dramas either or anything like that. Uh, funny enough, my dad used to do this kind of stuff. Um, not in this format, and I always thought I'd never really be do anything like that. And I've really enjoyed that. I've, I've got a lot to to learn on that, but um, I'm looking forward to the to the future of it. But just for for this particular show, I've fa- I've rediscovered things that I'd totally forgotten about, and even I've learned new things about films that I hadn't watched. I've worked uh, since I've met Leo. I've seen films that I would not have not normally have gone to see. So now I'm getting an insight into the you know stuff previous before that is worth checking out. So yes, it's 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 broadened my cinematic experience, and it's been a it's a bloody good laugh really. Um, so yeah, I've had a great time. Yeah, I think that is one thing we should probably mention about doing a show like this. You can't help... I suddenly realise that I know a lot more about films than I did before I started. You, Almost by accident, you kind of osmose it. Just kind when of, you have to talk about it... The same, I had the same thing when I started teaching a few years ago, and I suddenly re- realised that I knew stuff that was just there. And it's the same thing, where you, you, know, you see all these things and you get opinions about these films, and then you suddenly having to talk about that, you realise yeah. that, wow, there's a lot of stuff stored up there. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I would like, actually, to take a special moment to mention Ian here. As, the, you know, essentially, when I started out, I was like, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. I'll put it up. And I did literally do that. As you said, it was me. I was the one who would go, we recorded a big block of audio. I stick the theme on the beginning. I stick the outro theme on the end. And that's the lot. Like, it just goes out podcast verite there's a lot of that that goes about on the internet although i do realize that in every given one there's someone who edits out all of that stuff anyway and yeah if you are one of those people who enjoys the two or three dudes talking genre of podcast of which there are many you have to understand that underneath that in every case there is someone like ian going through and snipping out ums and taking out digressions and just going through the whole thing and polishing it and making it sound like uh two guys who were slightly erudite or three guys who were slightly erudite talking for a while Ian's put in a Herculean amount of effort to make the podcast the mm. quality that it is, and also to do all of the skits. Uh, you know, I started to get some help, do some help on that with with regards to I have a source for sound effect and things like that towards the end. And I know there is a certain amount to which Ian just enjoys doing it, hence the fact that he's put together a Star Trek episode in his spare time. But <laughs> there's still a point where it's like, there's a difference between doing something because you're just toodling around and doing something because you're compelled to do it. And I think that's where the burden came in. And that burden cannot be underestimated. So everybody nice. should say thank you to Ian for that. Now Thank let's you. go to a camera picture of Ian looking embarrassed because he's just been <laughs> oh, oh my God! Wearing my Australian hat. It's your. I'm not embarrassed. Hat. I, 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 of the goodness. riches of friendship. <laughs> <laughs> People who don't watch this live always miss out on that little show and tell. 
that little aspect. And, <laughs> and the idea of, of us all sitting here laughing while Ian is wearing a hat which very literally has corks hanging all the way around the brim has to be, that has to be the end. Um, Ian, do you want to tell people where they might find the uh, 80s kids and ask where their checks have gone to or whatever? No, screw it. By now, it's a bit freaking late. But, uh, <laughs> subscribe. Tough shit. Maybe you can miss the train. Yeah, you can miss that. Uh, it's it's bit of it's a bit of a bit I don't want you kind of trash listening to me. <laughs> but if you are interested, you can go to our Facebook page. <laughs> on Facebook forward slash Revenge of the 80s Kids. And that's 80s as a number, is 80s. Uh, please go there. It's our, it was our community hub. We used to put links, we used to put links to our podcast there. As we, as links we did find interesting. But podcasts were what it was all about. And for those you had to go to the 80s kids at, uh, blogspot, uh, com, And that's 80s as in letters to E-I-G-H-T-A. Oh, you know what it is. You, you, I've done it 116 that, times yeah, now. Yeah, that bit you uh, don't need to go. But the, the, I don't need to go there. The archive you might want to mention. The archive. The archive we do want to go to. The archive you want to go to the 80s kids dot blogspot dot and there you will find a full archive of all our adventures uh, waiting for you there. But if this isn't enough for you, you can hunt down individual 80s kids in such places as... Uh, well, you can find me, uh, I would like you to find me, uh, at patreon.com forward slash Neo Stableford, where you can uh, support an artist today. Uh, well, not an artist, a writer, but uh, you can also support artists there. It is actually pretty good fun. I'm, I'm supporting, I think, five people, and it, and it gives you a warm glow to know that you are helping bring more creative stuff into the world. So mine is at patreon.com forward slash Leo Stableford. And you can also find me on Facebook at Leo Stableford Author. Uh, that's my uh, Facebook page there. So you could go and like that if you want. But you can also find uh, the Phantom Doodler in other places on the internet. Justin, where might they find you? You can find me on my DeviantArt page, which is justinwhite.deviantart.com. I also have a Facebook page, um, which is Justin Wyatt's illustration and you can find examples of my on both of those examples of my um my personal work and some also work stuff as well so yeah yeah cool uh so yeah i mean it, it, all all joking aside the, I, I imagine that the revenge of the 80s kids facebook page it seems silly to move somewhere else even if we become something else that's our facebook page that's where the 80s yes. kids hang out. So it'll be worth going there because we'll keep all our news there and liking that page. In fact, going forward when we get to the audio drama, we may even uh, get into the sort of uh, shady world of boosting posts and getting other people to look at what it is we are producing. Wow. Yeah, crazy stuff. And, and of course, the archive is where we shall put everything that has been archived uh, and there will be other news to come. But for now... We were the 80s kids, and that was 35 years of cinema and television in the genres of science fiction, fantasy, action, and other things that we wanted to talk about as well, including, you know, uh, we still have the ultimate Patrick Swayze retrospective, 
So, you know, you could go and look and check that out. I pointed yeah. someone to it just the other day. Uh, and there are many other treasures to be found in the archive of the 80s kids. In fact, I think that the episode pictures assembled, you know, mostly by Ian, but partly by me as yeah. well, are also an arc. It's like a little art gallery of, of crazy yeah, 80s kids. So Sometimes they're so surreal. It's like looking at a tarot card. It's like, this should be evoking some sort of symbolic image, I'm sure. Yes. I, um, yeah, I mean, you know, of the episode, one of my favourite episode images was the show about um, the show finales, where I got a picture of some people uh, standing around with those sandwich boards on that say the end is nigh, and then pasted me and Ian onto the tops of the heads, so it looked like we were standing around in Dirty Max, presaging the apocalypse. I, I did it all in classy black and white. I Hello. am never going to remove the image of me dressed up as the... Uh, Resident Evil uh, <laughs> figure. Yes, that is. It's only a, fair, Justin. It's an image no one, no one ever needs to see me dressed as. Oh, but yes. that red dress, which us, Justin. Which one of yeah. us here has degrees in artwork and composition? Which one of us here has done zero covers for the show? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. I guess that. Uh, <laughs> I was merely explaining my mental breakdown of seeing myself in that thing. Yes, so uh, I, I am going to take this opportunity to say to everyone, bye-bye and thanks for coming with us on our crazy odyssey. And now it is time for the others to say the same. So we'll start, as ever, with Ian. Time for you to say goodbye. Farewell, my friends. Farewell from me, and farewell from my watering can of tepid water. <laughs> oh, yes, you shall never forget. It's tears of meh. We'll miss you greatly. Uh, and, Justin, time for you to say goodbye. It's a goodbye from me. It's not going to be the end, of course. You will have to put up with us for a while longer. Uh, but it's been uh, fun. Uh, goodbye. And that's about all she wrote. Bye, folks. Contrarian chaps who examine pictorial content would like to remind you it isn't over until the Big Bay sings. I've heard this is your show. That is such a shame. This isn't the ending I wanted at all. I'd rather you did, but... No, this could work. I get to live without you, and you get to live too. There is just one condition, really. Go away, and don't come back. All my cr-
Christmas at once for this gift. I'm willing to show such mercy. I'm breaking all my rules here, so you better not squander it. Go away.